Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Think the latest six-month run of the stock market going up and down looks like a roller coaster? Well, just wait till you add a little leverage to it. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. Leverage, the act of using a tool or instrument to make something heavy move, or to be lifted up in a manner that without the use of said tool or instrument being used would otherwise be difficult, if not impossible, to move without the assistance of a tool. For instance, try to pick up a heavy object with your bare hands and brute strength? Well, forget it. But all of a sudden, place a metal object under this immovable object, and presto, the little iron bar you're using lifts this thing right up. It's kind of like the old saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. What that means is possibly something weighing thousands and thousands of pounds, something that human hands cannot pick up, can easily be lifted by simply the water rising. Well, what does this have to do with you slaving away at work and saving money? Well, we're going to find out what leverage means to not only your time, money, but yes, even your imagination. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, financial leverage specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And before we get started teaching you how to leverage your money for the future, let me introduce to you right here in the studios in Louisville, Kentucky on this cool and uh, reasonably cool, I guess, December 29th, 2021, America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. And we are into our second show dealing with leverage. Last week, we uh, covered the topic of time, leveraging time. And before we get too far into the show, Aaron, won't you tell the good folks listening to the radio show how they can listen to past episodes? Oh, I'd be happy to. Folks, all you got to do is go to soundcloud.com. You want to listen to past radio shows? Just go to soundcloud.com and right there in the top search bar, just type in the worry-free retirement and bam, you're going to see our awesome bobblehead. Just click on that and you're going to find all of our past radio shows. All right. Thank you, Aaron. And uh, yeah, as we've said, the, we're going to cover the issue of money, how to leverage money and how the financial world leverages our money to create uh, money for themselves. And then next week, we'll talk about, of all things, I don't know if you really have thought about this as being leverage and what it has to do with financial issues, Aaron, but we're going to talk about something called imagination. You've got to be intrigued. Tell me you are. For leverage and, and imagination, those two words I just usually don't put together. So <laughs> I'm excited to see what you come up with. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. By the way, uh, again, as we record this in December of 2021 and just coming out of that tornado in Bowling Green, Kentucky, speaking of leverage, I think I maybe touched on this last week. Um, I told you about the gentleman that showed up with the skid loader and how easy he picked up this humongous tree and leveraged that thing out of the way versus here's what's kind of interesting. And I've thought about this a lot because it's, you know, even biblically thinking about how God can move mountains, et cetera. But 
You know, when we were cutting up one of the trees to get out of my son's driveway, which was near this tornado that swept through Bowling Green a couple of weeks ago, uh, myself, my two boys, the other guy had the chainsaw, he was just cutting, and we would go over and grab stuff. You've probably done that before when people are cutting. You know, the one guy cuts the wood, we get to push it away, which was pretty difficult. But a couple of the larger parts of the tree trunk he had cut, I mean, it was everything we could do, the three of us, to even move that piece of lumber out of the way. Right. And I thought, golly, this stuff's heavy. Then to watch this good old boy show up with that skid loader and literally move a whole tree out of the way in about 20 seconds. So that is a good example, if you've got that visual as you're riding down the road, of leverage. How can you take something, a tool or whatever, and make it into something else and lift it and do things that you normally couldn't do? And little do people realize that the financial world does this all the time. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to share with you an idea I came up with. This was a while back, and we've been using it regularly inside of our split IRA for our clients who are trying to leverage their money so that they can, number one, use and enjoy it without the fear of running out of money. And number two, and most importantly, we'll find out later in the show, how in the world can we leverage money today, pay less taxes on it, have less risk with it, and also give more tax-free proceeds to our kids now versus trying to leave them with a tax tumor later on. So when we come back, we're going to cover leverage item number two, which is leveraging your money. And we're going to start off, first of all, what's going on with these darn low interest rates, how the government is leveraging that to their favor, and why you as the saver, why you've been hurting so badly with these low interest rates and what you can do to earn more money on your money. I'm Tony Walker. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no-obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. In case you're just now joining us, we are talking about this concept of leveraging things to make them more than they first appear. Uh, last week, we talked about leveraging time. Today, we're going to be talking about leveraging money. And then next week, you'll definitely want to listen next week as we talk about leveraging your imagination. Um, Aaron, uh, Mary Beth Combs is not here today, but uh, she's been assisting us with some production. We've got a great audio we're going to play next week when we talk about imagination with a young man who decided to leave full-time work. You've, you've, I think you've met this. You saw the story she worked on, didn't you, Aaron? I've seen it, and I've, I've met these people before. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so won't give away too much, but basically several years ago decided to use his imagination and go into ministry and wondering how in the world he was going to be able to make it. And, uh, and he's done just fine, by the way. But it's just really an interesting story. So that'll be on next week as well as we talk about leveraging your imagination to a worry-free retirement. But let's talk about money. You know, I think this, and this show is obviously dedicated to helping savers. And, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, I know we've gone through this, and many of you don't want to be reminded of this, but 
you know, 15, 20 years ago, many of you savers were running over to the local bank. Uh, you were leaving that money that you'd worked so hard for, putting it in a CD or a money market account or whatever. And depending on how long you were willing to tie the money up with the bank, the bank would graciously give you, let's say, 6%. Um, that's pretty good. Doesn't that sound pretty good to you, Aaron, considering right now they're paying about 0.5%? Right. Okay. And that, in a sense, is called leverage because that lever, if you will, that CD back 20 years ago was picking up that money at a rate of 6% every year. So, yeah, that's a lot of money. If you put $100,000 with them on a safe basis, guaranteed, at the end of the year, you got $106,000. You do that now, maybe you get 1%, maybe. So now you get $1,000 at the end of the year, and that's not a lot of leverage. Wouldn't you agree, Aaron? I mean, you're not really going anywhere. Right. Yeah. So we have to understand why have interest rates, why, have, why has the Federal Reserve, which sets these interest rates, why in the world have they kept them so low? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. And it ties into my belief that one reason we've gotten stuck in this low interest environment is because over the past 10, 15 years, the Federal Reserve, again, which controls interest rates, has realized that in order to keep this economy moving, to keep it humming, to keep money moving, they've had to keep interest rates low. So here's the problem with that. If you keep interest rates low, yeah, that's granted, it keeps the economy spurred, but what happens is indirectly, you create more and more debt. And debt has always been with us. I know last week we talked about this here, and it's not like we've never had debt. I mean, a lot of people say, well, this debt's out of control. Well, it's out of control, but we've always had debt. In fact, Aaron, I know we were researching this, you and myself and Derek Hudson, who's working on the graphics today for our TV show, but we were talking about way back at uh, 1945 or 1946, the GDP, which is the gross domestic product, that's what economists and the government use against debt, was well below as far as a percentage what was coming in versus the debt. And that was because of the end of World War II, the government had to borrow money, right? They had to spend money on the war effort. So you had all these people over there fighting a war. The economy really was only for the World War II. They're building planes and ships, but basically there really is no economy here. All these men are all fighting. Then they come back. I remember my dad talking about the GI Bill. So now these guys come back. Many of them were paid to go to school, so they weren't working just yet. So the point was, the debt, the, the amount of debt that had been, uh, that was rising in this country was far more than what was coming in in the way of tax revenues. Does that make sense? Okay. So the ratio was out of kilter. Did you have something to say about that World War II? You were kind of, I thought you were going to say something. No, no. You're following I just, that. No, I, I was going to crack a joke and go, yeah, I remember when that war happened. No, obviously <laughs> I don't, folks. Not that old. <laughs> so, so fast forward, since that time, other than a little bit close to 100%, basically, the debt ratio, okay, the amount of debt versus the GDP, that's the expenses versus income, has always really been kept in check pretty good. In other words, we've never had more debt than we could service. We had enough income coming in to pay our debts in its simplest form. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, let, let's put it this way. So the last two years, I've got my little cheat sheet here. I printed this off. This came from um, thebalance.com. It deals with the national debt. So you can Google this kind of stuff, folks. This is nothing I had to research for hours. This is all pretty public information. So if we go back to, let me get it out here. In 1945-46, let me find that page, Aaron. Yeah, so the GDP ratio, 1945 was 114%. 
Okay, that means there was too much expenses compared to income. It went up to 119% in 46, then began to fall. In fact, it fell way low back in the 70s, even though the 70s had high inflation. That's kind of interesting. The GDP ratio was only 32%. So wow. that's pretty darn good. And then it kind of climbed and climbed very gradually, though. Actually, this is fairly interesting. And now we've gotten into 2008. Um, that's when we had to bail out the banks. Since really 2008, I'm noticing there's a trend. It's gone up 82, 90, 2011, 95. If we fast forward to 2020, get over to that page. That was when COVID hit. The debt, the GDP ratio went up to its highest ever, 129%. Gosh. So that means for every dollar we're spending, there's actually more debt above that, way above that than we can cover. And this past year, it's dropped a little bit. It's still at 122%. So all these fancy numbers, what this means, folks, it would be, let's, make it, let's put it this way. If you were running a household and you had a dollar of expenses and you only had 88 cents or 80 cents coming in to cover those expenses, you're going to have to keep borrowing money to pay the expenses. See what I'm right. saying? It's a vicious cycle. So that's the problem. So the government, for you savers out there, if you're wondering when the interest rates are gonna go up, yeah, they may go up slightly, I think they'll have to, but they're in a quandary because if we've got almost 30 trillion in debt, these treasuries, these treasury bonds, treasury bills, I know I'm getting very complicated here, folks, but you have to understand this, then that means the government's gonna have to raise even more taxes to pay the interest because the interest rates demanded by their investors are gonna start going up. So it gets, it gets pretty dicey here. So. With all that said, what can you do as a saver? What can you do to fight these inflationary times, to fight these interest rates? What can you do to leverage your money? Well, we've come up with three things. I got a lot of notes here. We're still working on the show for the TV show. Derek's over there working. By the way, while I'm finding my notes here, Aaron, why don't you tell folks how they can watch our TV show, The Worry-Free Retirement, on YouTube uh, as well. Let me find my notes here, Aaron, as you co cover that real quick. Sure, no problem. Folks, if you want to watch past episodes, all you got to do is go to youtube.com. That's youtube.com. And right there in the search bar, just type in Tony Walker Financial, click search, and there you go. You'll see Tony's smiling face. You're going to find in our Tony Walker Financial YouTube page, you're going to find all types of video content, not just past episodes. You're going to find two-minute clips that'll help you out. You're going you're gonna to see clips of uh, Tony's favorite nephew, Wes, and his favorite son-in-law, Trey. You're going to find all kinds of stuff, all types of video content. Again, that's youtube.com, and just type in Tony Walker Financial in the search bar. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, here's what I was trying to find. So here's the thing. So let's, you know, there's an old saying, the rising tide lifts all boats. And, you know, as long as that tide's rising, boats are rising. But if interest rates rise, folks, here's my concern. These boats are going to start sinking. So these lower interest rates, in my opinion, have propped up the stock market. So this quandary, this issue of interest rates possibly going up could affect the stock market, which is okay if you're 35, 40, 45 years of age. But if you're the average person that works with Tony Walker Financial, if you're retired, retiring soon, you've got to be really careful, especially if you've had a lot of money in the stock market and riding the leverage that the Fed has provided, in my opinion, the stock market with these low interest rates. So what can you do? What can you do to take control of your finances? How can you leverage your money more appropriately? And I'm going to give you three things right now. Here's number one. Things you can do to leverage your money now is these low tax rates. Leverage your money 
based on these low tax rates. So folks, I've been in this business since 1984. All I can tell you is this, for the average saver, if you're making roughly, if you're married, assuming you're married, okay, and make around $104,000 total, that includes if we deduct at your standard deduction, brings it down to whatever it is, 80, you are in some of the lowest tax brackets I've ever seen. In other words, you're gonna pay about 12% in federal taxes. That is crazy, crazy low, crazy good. But the problem is many of you are sitting there with these tax-infested 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, and you're not taking advantage and leveraging these low tax rates. So what do we mean by that? Well, there's all kinds of things you can do. You could maybe decide to do a Roth conversion where you take some of that tax-infested IRA, convert it to a Roth, pay the tax now so you don't pay it later, and then all that money grows tax-free. Uh, you could take some of that money out and just spend it right now. I mean, now's the time for some of you, depending on your age, to spend some of this money before it's too late. And if you draw that money out and spend it, depending on your tax rates again, it could be some of the lowest taxes you'll ever pay on that money. And then another way you can just deal with these low tax rates, even if you don't need the money. And I'll be describing this as we close out the show in a minute. Even if you don't need the money, is pull the money out, pay the taxes now. Again, it sounds crazy, I know, but we want to take advantage of these low rates and leverage these low rates. And then, depending, and again, this depends on your financial situation, give that money tax-free, so you've already paid taxes on it, tax-free to your kids and grandkids so they can enjoy it tax-free. So you might say, well, Tony, why would I want to do that? Well, let's use an example. Uh, let, I'll, I'll, play, I'll role play with you, Aaron, because you're younger than me. Let's say your parents uh, have a little bit of money and they could elect to pay taxes at a rate of 12%. So let's say they had $100,000. We're just pontificating here. And for whatever reason, they don't want to pay the tax now. And it's at 12% if they paid it, but they defer it. They just kept, keep letting the money grow. And eventually you inherit it. Let's say they die in 20 years. All right. And now it's worth 300000 but now the tax rates have changed. Uh, the government needs more money. And when you inherit the money, you're in a 30% bracket. Could that happen? Sure. Sure, it could happen. Probably sure. going to happen. They can put it up to whatever they want. That's right. They could say it's 80%. <laughs> 80 or whatever. Yeah. It, it, yeah, one time it was above 80%. So the, the point is, folks, sometimes you have to be more proactive about these taxes and take advantage of it now because the government showed their hand with the CARES, CARES Act when they limited the amount of time Aaron, if he does inherit that much of a tax tumor, can spread out the tax. Used to be Aaron could spread that tax over his lifetime, no more. Aaron, I don't know if you know this, if you inherit that kind of money, you will have to pay those taxes within 10 years. And if your tax rate's 60% or whatever it is, doesn't matter, they're gonna take that much money. The second thing you can do to leverage your money is something called working capital turns. Now that's, this is a little different. Banks do this all the time and corporations do this all the time. Um, and, and in fact, I've got a book here. Uh, you've heard me talk about this book before. We're going to feature it a little more on the TV show, The Millionaire Next Door. I started reading it a couple oh, of years ago. I, I put it down because I got busy <laughs> with other things, but I started reading it a couple of years ago. You know what the premise of this is? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the guy living next door to you in a $250,000 house, he very well could be a millionaire. He could have a gross income of a million or more dollars. That's right. And be worth that. Uh, we've got a few clients. I mean, you know, we've got over 2,500 clients, but I guarantee you, if you met some of these clients, they are the most uh, frugal, 
non-assuming people you'll ever meet, and we've got some people worth a lot of money that fit this whole category of the millionaire next door. You'd never know it. Right. So the millionaire next door, one of the lessons they preach in there, and this is something we've done for years, and it's a very good lesson for macroeconomics, it's called working capital turns. And what they're saying is don't pay taxes on the same dollar more than once. And again, I'll give you an example of this in a minute. Well, here's one quick example. Uh, let's take a, a bond or a bank CD, especially when bank CDs were paying a lot. They don't, this doesn't have as ill effect as it used to, but if you had a bond or a ta taxable CD, anything that's taxable, what most people do uh, is reinvest those dividends or interest. So what happens is they pay the tax on it. We're assuming a non-qualified account here, folks. They reinvest that dividend or interest back in to the account from which the dividend came. They have to pay the tax now and they have to pay it out of pocket because they didn't pull the money out. The next year, because the account's worth more, the dividend's higher, the interest is higher, and the taxes go up. So it's this vicious cycle of continually paying taxes on the same dollar over and over again, which is not a good practice. So that would be one way. Now, finally, the third way that you can leverage your money right now and listen closely, especially this is for those of you out of there who are retired or again, probably in the next, let's say five years are planning on retirement. You better be really careful not to leverage it in the stock market by taking too much risk. And I'm afraid what's happened is we've gotten complacent here because of these low interest rate environments, because a lot of people don't have anywhere else to put their money. They're kind of gravitating back to the stock market. It's continually keeping prices up. And at some point, uh, we don't know when this is, I'm not about to predict it, but at some point the market will go through a correction. It always does. In fact, you've heard me say this here and I call it the seven year itch and every seven years. And that would be 2022. If my little, uh, whimsical prophecy is correct, every seven years, it goes down pretty significant. So if you're that person out there that's retired, uh, you may be retiring in the next few years. My suggestion, if you want to leverage your money and leverage your money to a point where you can use and enjoy it, you better seriously think about taking less risk. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to share with you an example of how our split IRA concept Okay, how can you leverage this unique concept that we use with savers every day to not only make sure you don't run out of money, to minimize your risk, to get a working capital turn, and to make sure that more money goes to your kids tax-free now versus laying a big tax tumor on them later. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. With the stock market at all-time highs, our nation's debt through the roof, and inflation racing out of control, now may be the best time to consider safeguarding your money. That's why I'm offering to review your 401k and other retirement accounts to be sure that you aren't taking too much risk and you're not going to run out of money. To set up your free meeting with me, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Uh, in the time remaining, I'm going to share with you a case that I worked on recently. I do this type of stuff all the time. In fact, folks, that's probably the major difference between somebody such as myself, who is a fiduciary, who literally works in the financial trenches each and every day. I've personally seen over 15,000 savers in person. 
Uh, I've personally worked on or orchestrated over 5,000 written game plans. Uh, I've got to toot my horn here a little bit, folks, because there's a lot of people out there doling out advice now who really don't have a lot of experience in this whole retirement planning field, and we do. We, are, we have offices in Bowling Green and Louisville and Lexington. I have a staff of uh, currently 15 people now that we are here to work with you. We've got three other trained fiduciaries that work on a salary basis. They do not collect commissions. Uh, they're there to service our clients. And, uh, and of course, the owner of the company, myself, Tony Walker, I still see a lot of people in person and would be happy to do so with you as well. But one of the things I want to talk about is this whole notion of how do we take this split IRA concept, uh, the split IRA concept is something I've learned over the years, and what we do is, and we can do anything with this, you could take your 401k and roll that over to us to put in this concept. You might have an existing IRA, you might have a brokerage account, you might have a bunch of money languishing in the bank. You could even, uh, the split IRA concept can actually even work with inheritances. Maybe you've received a fairly substantial inheritance and here's what the split IRA affords you. Number one, it gives you maximum flexibility to use and enjoy the money and have access to it whenever you want. We're not gonna type all your money, throw in 100% of it in annuities. We don't do that as fiduciaries. Uh, by the way, too, one more thing. If you are working with somebody rolling your money into an annuity and they are not a fiduciary, uh, good luck. Uh, they are not held to any higher standards. They're not held to any accountability. And uh, I, would never, I would never work with somebody, especially if it's my life savings or you're moving over a 401k, unless they're a fiduciary. So please make sure they're a fiduciary. If they hem-haul around about it, ask for Form ADV Part 2. If they won't give you that form, I'd go get a second opinion and probably grab your wallet on the way out just in case. So anyway, I think it's very important to work with a fiduciary. So what happens is we're trying to provide maximum flexibility, but then a lot of our clients who are savers, who want to make sure they don't run out of money and don't want to take a lot of risk, that's where we bring in the annuities. So this was a current client. Let me give you a, a case study, and this might give you an idea of how we work with people. This client, he and his wife have been with me for years. They're in their late 60s. And out of the blue, they decided to bring in their son. They have one son. And they just wanted the son to be aware. And Aaron, you could probably appreciate this. He was about your age. They just said, we want him to understand what we've got and what happens when we die. I mean, you would appreciate that, right? Sure. If you were the only Absolutely. child. Absolutely, yeah. You know, they, he's their executor and all that and beneficiary of their annuities and their Schwab account with us. I said, well, that's great. I said, well, what would you like to know? And they said, well, um, you know, we got these annuities. We really don't know what to do with them that you've sold to us years ago, Tony. And I said, well, okay, they have an income rider. That's where your mailbox money's coming through. And they said, well, for instance, if we took our mailbox money now, how much would that give us for the rest of our life? And we'd done some calculations and uh, I, I'll just say roughly after taxes, about a thousand a month. I said, do you need the money? And they said, no, we got plenty of income. And I was looking at the son and I said, well, have you ever thought about giving any money to him. They said, well, yeah, actually we have. And I looked at him and I said, what would you do with it if they gave you $1,000 a month? Because they don't need it. And he said, I don't need it either. See, he, I found out this boy is making really good income. In fact, he makes more income than they do. He's in a higher tax bracket. So I said, well, wait a minute. So these, other, these people had some other money. So I said, when you die, my concern is now this money is going to go to your son. Remember our example we gave earlier? He's going to have to pay taxes on all this money, this IRA and all this stuff you've got that hasn't been taxed. And we don't know at what rate. And you could see almost the concern. They're like, hmm, I hadn't thought about that. So I said, what if we could leave your son a lot of this money instead of a tax tumor completely tax-free? What do you think they said to that? 
Sure, absolutely. How we do that? So what we did, we leveraged through working capital turns. We talked about that earlier. We leveraged the annuity, and what we're going to do, Aaron, we're going to start that annuity, that mailbox money now. It's going to pay husband and wife a thousand a month, guaranteed, folks. This is guaranteed for the rest of their life. So let's say they lived a hundred. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how long they live. No, for the rest of their life, which is a wonderful sense of security. And then what we're going to do, we're going to pay the tax at their rate, which is very minimal right now. We're going to turn around and gift that money to the son. And guess what the son's going to do with it? He's going to buy a life insurance policy on them, which when they die, not if they die, will be completely tax free. And they're like, man, this is is awesome. I didn't know you could do this stuff. So folks, that's just one example where we take money and we leverage your time money And then next week, we're going to find out how to use the imagination, not only of yourself, but the expertise of somebody like me that's literally met with thousands of people to help them enjoy more of this money before it's too late. If that's you right now, if you're sitting there saying, Tony, I would love for you to just sit down, whether over the phone or in person, and help me understand my situation for retirement, get all this stuff organized. How do I go about doing that? Well, that's easy. All you got to do is log on right now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on that Let's Get Started button. Or if you like, you can just give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's program. Remember next week, the final source of leverage for your financial future will be talking about imagination. But between now and then, if all else fails, you remember to be worry-free. 